You know that old saw about hiring and financial services? Attract, hire, retain. Well, you got to add a fourth thing to that, and that's understand. That's right. Community banks and financial institutions need to understand what it takes to make sure that the right talent walks in the door and stays in the building. To talk about that and much more, we have Shane Smith, the owner of Banker Hire. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights unscripted. Banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. Lou Carlozo, your host, coming in live from the shelter-in-place bunker in Chicago. And today we have Shane Smith. Shane Smith is the owner of Banker Hire. That's a banking and mortgage industry search company. Shane has spent seven years working on executive and hard-to-fill searches for banks and mortgage companies throughout the U.S. with a special focus on the community banking space. As the owner of Banker Hire, Shane focuses on helping financial institutions attract change agents and next-gen bankers through collaborative partnerships. And Shane, welcome to Bankadelic. Thanks so much for having me, Lou. Appreciate being here. Change agents. I have found through my own experience working in financial services that a lot of banks, let's not mince words, hate change. How do you convince them that someone coming into their organization is going to create positive change and that, in fact, that's what they want? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I think the operative part of your sentence there that isn't something we can do is convince. I think that an institution needs to be ready to want that change and understand that there needs to be change. And then through the right collaborative partnerships, be able to figure out what that actually needs to look like. Because you're right, you know, the banking industry itself is very slow to adopt. And I think there's a lot of groupthink that goes on amongst different institutions where they're kind of afraid to put their foot forward on taking a chance in a new product or a new market or what have you. And the ability to step outside of that zone oftentimes is going to come from a CEO who has a vision for something moving forward. And our ability to help them bring in talent that really will impact change, it starts there and it filters down. And then it's a matter of figuring out what is the change that we need to see? Are we talking product? Are we talking culture? Are you talking just leadership in general? There's a lot of different factors that certainly would go into it. To that end, the ability of banks to attract and hire is crucial. There is more competition than ever for the talent. And it's not just coming from within banking, it's other industries as well. When you are part of that pursuit to get that right person and get them in there, how are you working with banks and how are you educating them to make this hire that's going to make a difference? 
Absolutely. So I think one thing that the clients I partner with have done a nice job at adopting is understanding that the process, the way to attract and retain somebody is no longer truly a one size fits all model. Frankly, if I start with a new client that is giving me the vibes and impression that we're going to have to follow a very draconian, rigid, old school hiring methodology. Honestly, I won't necessarily want to partner with that type of group. The groups that really understand how to land impactful talent know sometimes the right hire is the first person you meet. Sometimes the right hire is, hey, I've only interviewed two or three folks, but I need to capture this person within 72 hours of them being in front of me. And then it depends too on what type of position it is and what type of impact and change you're hoping that they have. Because also within the scope of the one size all fits model not working anymore are things that we're seeing that are so prevalent coming through the pandemic that we're hitting the industry beforehand relevant to work from home and flex life and things of that nature. And I think the more and more that certain positions within the industry become industry agnostic, where it really doesn't matter if they work for a bank or if they work for somebody else, it's going to be the companies that understand and the banks that understand how to adjust to the needs of the individual that are going to be the ones who win. I think the banks that still operate like it's 2011 or further back are going to be the ones who are in for quite a reckoning over the next two years as folks start to really take a look at how did this institution handle the pandemic? How are they focusing on retainment and onboarding and things of that nature? And the ones who have not handled it with grace or with a focus on the actual employee as a human, they're going to definitely be targets of other institutions that have been embracing this kind of new model, so to speak, with arms wide open, I suppose. What is really crucial to making the process go? I love that question. It is buy-in from all levels at how efficiently and quickly the process should run. It is not playing games on the back end of a search where a institution maybe historically was coached to try and save every penny. It's about understanding, putting yourself in the shoes of the candidate and saying, hey, look, now not only are there five banks within 30 miles of my house that I could theoretically work for, there are hundreds throughout the country that are willing to hire me potentially full-time remote. What is going to impress me in that process? And frankly, it's not that complicated, but people get in their own way. It's really about, hey, look, we had this discussion. I felt like it went well. Let's set up next steps. And then actually taking those next steps within 24 hours. It's having those interviews and those conversations and lines of communication articulated effectively, clearly, and then followed up on as agreed upon. And then getting to the back end of a process from a negotiation standpoint and not trying to win the negotiation for your organization by saving 5K here or 10K there, because oftentimes the people who are in demand that game isn't worth playing because they're going to get opportunities elsewhere. Absolutely. That brings up the subject of compensation and the other way to look at it. Andrew Gostick, who's a corporate consultant, has talked to thousands and thousands of job seekers. And he found, interestingly enough, that for a majority of them, money is not the driving motivating factor. In fact, it finished 23rd on the list. And some of the things that were really high up there were the ability to collaborate and be on a team, be in a positive workplace. To what end have you seen that play out in your work? 
No, it's a great question. To some point, compensation is always going to matter. Folks aren't going to take a 20% pay cut to go necessarily feel better about what they're doing if it's the same apples to apples comparison. That being said, though, I think from a retainment standpoint, companies that have created the ability for individuals to really feel like they're part of a growth plan, they understand the narrative, they're appreciated as a human being, that goes a long way in being able to really keep your people. That being said, too, this pandemic, again, has kind of brought up really interesting cracks in the perception of how employees are being treated and what their value is in institutions, because I think there's a big disconnect. And, you know, some institutions are obviously handling it incredibly well. But I do think that there are some folks involved in strategic decision making or senior leadership, whatever you want to call it, that don't terribly understand that the black and white on this is oftentimes asking the employee to pick between the well-being of their family or their employer. And while compensation isn't necessarily like a direct one-to-one correlation in that thought process, I think the employees who feel that their employers were looking out for their best interest and thus their family's best interest are going to show a lot more loyalty as this market continues to progress. How about that? Integrating work life and home life. What a concept. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It shouldn't be so novel, but here we are. (laughs) Absolutely. Speaking of culture, especially in the realm of talent, talent recruitment, what in particular sticks out to you as being an imperative that might not have been the case a year or two ago? I think being very, very clear on anything that maybe historically had been vague. And what I mean by that is there are candidates who may take a role where they say, yeah, you know, we have this bonus program and you might be able to make X, Y, or Z. Or yeah, we have a work from home policy. It's fluid or hybrid. Or hey, we're not trying to get acquired. We're going to be here for the long haul, et cetera, et cetera. Those variables to individuals, especially at the mid-tier earner standpoint, those variables are very scary because the reality of COVID is a lot of households have a spouse lost their job or the kids are fully remote from school. And a lot of times it's easier to deal with the devil you know than the devil you don't. So from a recruiting standpoint, the companies that we've had the most success with, and keep in mind, 2020 was a very good year for recruiting in the banking and mortgage industry because rates were so low. The the companies that had the best success were the ones that could commit to, this is our bonus plan guaranteed for the next year or two years. This is our work from home policy. We will not be changing it. Or, you know, in specific instances within the community banking space at higher level roles committing to changing control. So where items maybe created some murkiness in the past that people were willing to jump on, there's not that luxury of being able to kind of take a chance these days. So the more that a bank can be really firm in what they're offering somebody and the more variables they can remove and the more stress and confusion they can remove from the total opportunity, the better success they're going to have. Now the flip side, if we look ahead into 2021, what excites you the most about where hiring and banking can go on the community banking level or in terms of the industry as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. So I love seeing the adoption of the remote process. And 
I think that banks are in like three different quadrants right now. I see the banks that were ready. They had remote capabilities. The pandemic hit. They embraced it. They transitioned seamlessly. There are banks that were in the middle ground where they had a quick run rate to getting technology live. There was still the hope that maybe they could be back and forth in the office. And then you had the banks that really, really were slow to adopt the remote. They want to get people jammed in as quickly as they can. And I think that the folks that operate in the first and second category really have a lot of opportunity to be able to enhance their institutions as they continue to embrace those items. Because the ability for the industry to showcase any change from the rest of their peers, that's going to be a really cool market win for whatever banks are really trying to adopt those changes. And what will end up happening, you know, while folks are concerned about what may be missed out in an office environment, a lot of these community banks, you might be able to get access to talent that you've never been able to grab before. You know, all of a sudden, if you want to flip it and not be afraid of having your potential people being vulnerable to larger institutions, think of it in a different perspective. You know, you might be able to bring a real thought leader, a change agent who lives in New York City or who lives in Miami or who lives in San Diego and now says, you know what, I really hit it off with this bank in Connecticut or this bank in Texas. And you can get that person on board. Those thought processes, I don't think were ever in place for the community banking industry. And while I don't necessarily expect it to be some type of dramatic trend anytime soon, I definitely think Pandora's box is cracked. And the folks that really understand how to embrace it and run with it are really going to set themselves up for something pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Shane, you're pretty cool. (laughs) You've done a great job today. And we're lucky to have someone like you in the industry. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Shane Smith is the owner of Banker Hire. He is based in Southern New Hampshire. Be sure to look for Shane on LinkedIn. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C bank.com Oh yes, Mr. Carlos, come on in and have a seat. We are delighted to have you here today. Well, thanks, but what am I doing here? 
Well, you've been asked to reapply for the position of podcast host at Bankadelic. And- well, wait a minute. This is my podcast. I created Bankadelic. I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. Yeah, but you were recently acquired in an M&A with Bankaphonic. And the people who run Bankaphonic have asked you to re-audition for your role. That's crazy. Re-audition for my own podcast. Well, we're going to keep it really simple. What you'll need to do is provide us with a resume that shows your extensive experience in the financial services industry. And we're going to be looking for lots of qualifications. Qualifications, Not just one, not just two, but three three bullet bullet points. points. Number one talent that really will impact change, it starts there and it filters down. A CEO who has a vision for something moving forward. And then it's a matter of figuring out what is the change that we need to see? Are we talking product, culture, just leadership in general? There's a lot of different factors that certainly would go into it. Number two. Banks that still operate like it's 2011 are in for quite a reckoning over the next two years as folks start to really take a look at how did this institution handle the pandemic? How are they focusing on retainment, onboarding, and things of that nature? Number three. If you want to flip it and not be afraid of having your potential people being vulnerable to larger institutions, you know, you might be able to bring a real thought leader, a change agent who lives in New York City or who lives in Miami or who lives in San Diego and now says, you know what, I really hit it off with this bank in Connecticut or this bank in Texas. And now, Lose Views. Today on the podcast with Shane Smith, we talked about the work of Adrian Gostick, who is a world-renowned author, speaker, and leadership guru. He's done a lot of work, as mentioned, trying to figure out what makes employees tick. What do they value? What do they want from their employer? What keeps them in the workplace once they get there? He had the surprising finding that money and compensation ranked very low on the list of priorities people have. They want to belong. They want to feel like they're part of something larger than themselves. They want teamwork. They want camaraderie. This goes to the point that community banks can have an edge in the hiring process. If community doesn't embody those types of values, teamwork, camaraderie, being part of something larger, it's hard to imagine what does. Community banks get their hands dirty, serving the people that immediately live in their environment. It's unquestionable at a time when Main Street businesses are struggling and people have lost their jobs due to COVID that a community bank can play a vital role. They may facilitate PPP loans with record speed. They might be at the side of a business person who has demonstrated unquestioned creditworthiness to help them get through a rough time. Whatever the case may be, people who are involved in such good, good work stand to feel great about the difference they're making. It may be the difference, in fact, that community institutions and financial institutions need to attract the right people. Make no mistake, there is a bad conception out there that community banks can't compete with the big dogs. If we take 
from the wisdom of Adrian Gostick. We know that money, while it does matter, just doesn't matter as much as those other attributes, qualities, and enticements that community banks have at their immediate disposal. In fact, I would say those qualities always were there. Have confidence in them and watch fantastic talent walk in the door, take a seat, and stay there for years to come. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and at the coffee shop thinking about another iced mocha. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.